We're Arts and Adventure Summit Sierra Waves. This is the Ogden Arts and Adventure Show. I am R. Brandon Long, along hey. with... Oh, shit, I jumped the gun. Todd Oberndorfer. <laughs> That's all right, keep yeah. it. That's all right. We're your hosts for the greatest podcast in all the land. This week's guest is so famous and so popular, we just have him. Wow. That's it. That's, wow. What an introduction. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, Oka, artist in residence, um, muralist. Residence, resident, residence. Is it plural? Artist in, in residence. In residence. Yeah. Thank you. So you would you would like pluralize the artist or artists? I think artists and artists, but the yeah. residence. So artist and residence. Okay. Yeah. Say the same. Eric Garcia. All right. I'm gonna jump Yay! in. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Do the little fanfare. <laughs> fanfare. I don't want to jump. Oh well. You I deserve all of it. Yeah, I do have it somewhere. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. He's got sound effects. And <laughs> and. Yeah, you, did you catch that? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, there's a great bio on your website, so I'm going to read that. If uh, I didn't bring my reading glasses, but I think I can get this. Eric J. Garcia. What's the J for? Jason. Jason. Eric Jason Garcia uses there's history. So many, there's so many Eric Garcias out there, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, so that's, is that why you use the J? Uh, do you remember the old television show Chips with yes. Eric Estrada? Yes. Yeah. When that came out, all the 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 Latina moms wanted to name their sons Eric. So well, yeah, because Estrada <laughs> was like all that in a bag of chips. Right. Hey, There's hey, a thousand hey. Eric Garcias out there. So I always put the, it's a branding thing. Jay. I'm more than happy to talk about chips the rest of the hour. <laughs> I've gone through spells. In fact, me and my dad have bonded over chips. Like back, <laughs> back when there was a whole spell. I want to say he was taking a break between jobs let's just let's just, <laughs> let's say, that, just right? say yeah okay. he was on a sabbatical okay right okay and so he was home for a bit i was home for a bit and uh there was a whole stretch where we watched and this was That's before funny. streaming services so it was just certain times of the day and they Did would you have run. vhs well yeah but i think it was on television but i think it was on syndication okay and sometimes even back then yeah. they would run like a whole afternoon yeah. of back-to-back yeah. chips episodes right. yeah. and so uh I totally got into chips. Chips is, I want to say it doesn't hold up quite as well right now, but it's <laughs> it's still, it's a great series that they haven't managed to or decided not to reboot. Any Did you want to be a police officer at any time watching chips? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't oh. think it was, that was the angle I okay. was going after, okay. but, uh, but that was around the time period you started to find out what you want to be when you grow up is yeah. watching those programs. Yeah. yeah. Because I remember being, you know what I was inspired mostly by it, and it was probably around that same time was, uh, remember Fantasy Island? Oh, it was yeah. Fantasy Island, yeah. Right? yeah. And so, so I you wanted to be rich. Was Ricardo Montalban, yeah. But it was the yeah. island. It was the island part, and the idea of making your wishes come true. You kind of did that uh, too. You and I, you said you. I guess I kind of did exotic places. <laughs> yeah, that's You're what Eric does ship. now. <laughs> yeah, You're yeah. Back to back to back. You guys are gypsies. You and your family, and so a yeah. little bit of uh, Fantasy Island. But then you know what it is now is that. On streaming, particularly some of the lesser streaming services like Pluto. I don't know if you guys know Pluto. <laughs> lesser. Yeah. The, the, some of these, are they're, they're free with it. So yeah, you get a lot of commercials, you know. You buy a TV, you just get some of these. I think, know? yeah, it's yeah. included with those. But there's one called Pluto. And Pluto, I think it's, yeah, I think it's Pluto. But they have all those old series, right? Mm. And so I've got into, uh, what was I watching the other day? Love Boat. Love I was Boat, watching yeah. a lot of Love Boats. I like to sometimes keep the TV on when I'm gone for the animals, right? And so sometimes I'll put those <laughs> on. and it just, For the animals. And it <laughs> just <laughs> plays when I'm not home, I'll, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so Love Boat is a great one. Um, Gilligan's Island, that was on oh, yeah. for a little bit. It's just sort of catching those. And then, of course, my 
and we're, we're going a little bit more modern on this one, but my favorite, if I ever catch it, is uh, MacGyver. So any oh of the MacGyvers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. MacGyvers is still one of my favorite yeah. series of all times. So what were we talking about? Chips. All right, so back <laughs> Eric, to Eric J. Garcia. Clean. Yeah, so Eric Jason Garcia uses history and a graphic style to create political art that confronts our understanding of the present using sculpture, mixed media installations, murals, printmaking. Did you write this? Did you have somebody write this? Did Amanda write this? My wife, of course. Yeah, yeah. Which is very good. This is very good. <laughs> Um, Mural's printmaking and his controversial political cartoons, he aims to challenge his viewers to question sources of power and the whitewashing of history. After receiving his BFA with a minor in Chicano studies from the University of New Mexico, Eric Garcia went on to complete, this is longer than I thought it was, uh, his <laughs> MFA at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. He is a core member of the printmaking collective. Oh, he's your brother. What? Printmaking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've got the printmaking. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to mispronounce. Instituto. Grafico de Chicago. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome group. One of the newest members of the Just Seeds Cooperative, which I'm familiar with the work that they do, a part of the emerging veteran art movement and is dedicated teaching artist. Garcia has exhibited nationally and his work can be found on the collections of the National Museum of Mexican Art, the National Hispanic Cultural Center, the Art Institute of Chicago, and the Smithsonian American Art Museum. Welcome to the show. Thanks thank for finding time for us. Thank you. thank you. Isn't that great writing? That, that's Amanda like, Cortez. Let's do a shout out to Amanda Cortez because she was supposed to be here tonight. And I, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, she's I, here in spirit. She's here in spirit. She's taking care of our son Sixto, and uh, he was he's in the midst of uh, potty training, and she had to uh, sick and potty training. Yes, yeah, sick and potty training. So that's like two strikes. What's interesting is that um, Eric was just hanging out in the alleyway. <laughs> you know, and so yeah, well, I guess that's weird. And we had, we're like, "Do you need some food? You want to come in and get something to drink?" It's called you know. dinner and snacks, and he's you know, it's it's very hospitable yeah. here in Ogden. <laughs> oh, that's Do a little funny. podcasting, maybe. And so, for those yeah. of you that are familiar with the Monarch Building, this is a wall that uh, that you're working on right now. That giant mural. You could tell us about the the size of square inches. I'm sure you have it broken down into the inches or feet. But everybody is probably familiar with this wall. It is at the end of the driveway is the garage that leads into the, what's the name of our area over here? Um, atrium? The atrium, where a lot of the artist yeah. studios are. And so at the end of the gate is, or the By the end way, of the I can alley, never think of that name. Oh, I'm pretty proud of myself. We're just thinking of Just now, yeah, the atrium, just, yeah, yeah. the sign that we're looking at, right, right. this is atrium. <laughs> Does it really? Yep. Uh-huh. But at the end of the alleyway, the driveway is, is a massive gate. Right, that I think has mostly been closed for you while you've been working on the mural. Um, so you are the current artist in residence with Ogden Contemporary Arts. So let's kind of start there and then we'll jump around in your history just a little bit. And so this is our, I believe, Oka's second artist in residence. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, I do know that I've been part of those conversations, those initial ones, and the list is quite long of people, sort of that wish list. Mm. And so, so congrats when I found out you were coming, I was super excited for all the reasons for, but uh, I was very, very excited. And so when were you, when did you find out you were in the running? How did that whole situation happen for you? Um, as far as getting you out here. Southwest Contemporary Magazine actually had um, nominated me to be in the running for the residency. So the residency, um, I think, has certain people nominated just to be uh, 
uh, put in the bag in the okay. hat to be picked. Hat sounds better than bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put in the. Hole. I just want to see these people carrying around a bag. They're just like, oh, let's put in the Eric in the sack. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> even worse. Okay. So put in the hat, and um, and I was lucky enough to be picked amongst the the, the candidates that were nominated, and uh, I found out. I was put in, in that running last uh, summer, probably, and then I found it in the fall, and then here I am now in the spring uh, for my two-month run here at, in Ogden Contemporary. And so um, you got the call last summer, so you did have some heads up, and you, was it was it really lined up, um, kind of scheduled out what was going to happen when you got out here, or was there a little bit of natural evolution to like kind of obviously <laughs> you've been having some trouble with the weather yes who, who'd have thought it I, I guess in utah we have a sense of spring being <laughs> very questionable mm. and you're seeing all of that yes in it's glory uh, the, <laughs> I, I was I, no i was told uh <laughs> i was what? told there would be sun so <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so you want to do an outdoor mural <laughs> right so that, that's that was my first question when uh uh, Vanessa Castanoli, who who runs uh, Ogden Contemporary Arts, told me they want an outdoor mural in northern Utah. So, well, how's the weather there in springtime? Because, the, you know, out, outdoors painting in the snow is not very uh, conducive to, to I did not sign up for this. <laughs> <laughs> I love where this is going. I want to see what she promised you. She said, no, no, no. Springtime's beautiful. All the snow's been melted by then. You're going to be good to go. That's pretty true. Yeah. I mean, all the snow's except, melted except down here in the alleyway. Year. Yeah. But, you know. Yes. Except for our biggest snowiest yes. on record. On record. On yeah. record. Yeah. So I've been I've been battling with the weather to uh, to get paint on that wall. It's it's just been a, a nonstop battle. And we're still dealing with it. I was I was painting today and it started raining, so I had to stop. So uh yeah, a lot of snow. I had you know, I had lived in Chicago for, for almost a decade, and then I moved to Minneapolis, which is another uh, level of winter, uh, like Antarctic. So, so and then I, can I, we complain about winters in Utah, <laughs> or is Minnesota where it's at? Oh, it's like living in Antarctica. It's mm -hmm. Minneapolis or Minnesota in general is a, is a, is a totally different level. Mm. Prepared you a little bit. But I was, I was hoping, you know, I had always assumed that Utah was a much warmer you know, part of the Southwest, uh, you know, the, I, I, I understand we're still in the mountains here. Close we're famous mountains. for our deserts. But uh, we are desert. I was hoping in the springtime that it wouldn't be this, this much snow. Since I've been here for the past two, for two months, every other day it has been snowing. So, so are we, it's just been on <laughs> are we past your exit date already? Yes. I should have left like three weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> no. are you serious? No, no, no. Oh, okay. May fifth is the due date. May fifth, so that's already in a week from yeah. now. Oh my god! And we're halfway done with this this mural, and in conjunction with the Wait. mural, I'm putting Cinco on an ex Mayo? exhibition, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and your exhibition, which we haven't even talked about that. Meaning, I don't maybe, even maybe know what's we going into that. <laughs> <laughs> the exhibition is going to be the mural. <laughs> We don't want to make any promises. This is what we're saying. Yeah. Oh, now, okay. because of the weather, does that mean that you've been working on things for the, the exhibition or? Well, yes and no. Because because of the weather, it's been allowed me opportunity to, um, work harder on the design of the for the mural. Because yep. I've had more, 
I didn't have to rush it because this is a community-led mural. Because So the way I work is I if I go to a different community I'm not a part of, I interact with that community and ask that community and hopefully that, that community um, shares with me what they want, uh, what they need uh, to be visualized on this wall. So, so with the weather, I've been actually having more time to develop this, this, this design uh, from and with the community. Uh, and in conjunction with that, I have been doing uh, preps and all kinds of other um, um, uh, studio work for the exhibition that's going to be in conjunction with the mural. Right. So we're in Ogden, Utah, and you, you consult the locals for the mural. So did you get any uh, fizz or, or let's say, um, chicken, you know, logo <laughs> requests, Chick-fil-A logo requests that somehow make it into the mural, fizz drinks, oh, or... So- yeah, you want your local brand representative? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm like, funny. how many, how many of these do we do we get into this? That's funny. We're not want to talk because we got a little banyan logo, right? <coughs> oh, I know. Yeah, We're yeah. Not, no, we don't. We don't. But when you think of like some of our local trendy retail establishments, and you know, everyone around here likes Chick Fil A. They love the fizz drinks and stuff. And this is all good points. Yeah. yeah. How's the feedback been? Oh, it's been great. I haven't talked to many of the commercial. Uh, oh, gotcha. Uh, been propositioned by any of the yeah no i'm teasing but that's (laughs) but yes i've i've uh like for the so for instance one of the things that we were doing for first fridays we had an open studio and we we acknowledged or we advertised what we were doing with the with the mural and we asked for feedback so we have if you go into the studio right now it's just filled one of the walls is just filled with post-it notes with everyone's ideas and and uh, uh thoughts and uh sometimes visuals of what they they think should be on the wall uh so it's it's been really great to not only you know see and read but also to interact and dialogue and to talk with the community about you know the history of ogden i had i had no idea about the history of ogden before i came here i learned so much and and just did you know where ogden was i actually did because i have a primo that lives an hour north of here so i I had an idea where, where ogden was i had never been here um and it just so happens it, my my cousin's living living uh, right up north of here. Um, Do you recruit him? Has he been down to help? You know what? We've missed each other for the past two months, and we've been beating our heads trying to get together. So we're going to meet hopefully soon. Yes. Yes. I hope that happens. Any ideas? Any any thoughts? Any suggestions? Any good suggestions? And I'm, I guess I'm focusing a little bit more on on youthful suggestions, maybe from kids that didn't make it to the final design but were nonetheless great ideas. Maybe they wanted a space main mm-hmm. or a SpongeBob or... Oh, yes. Yeah, so we had students come in and they wanted a, a big purple jellyfish. I said, oh, that's money. That's yeah, cool that's idea. good. That's old school. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hey, August Dover's jellyfish, you know. <laughs> so that one didn't quite make the cut, but I thought it was a pretty good idea. I'll tell you what, kids, they just think a little different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why we need them. Yeah. Um, how old's your kid? <laughs> My kid, little Sixto's two years old, two and a half probably. Two years old. So two years old. So he's obviously got his set of He's already hand painting on walls. Oh, yeah. So we actually had last week a community paint day where we asked all the community, all the yeah. public, whoever wanted to come and lend a hand to come uh, paint on the wall. And it was a huge success. Half of the mural, the bottom portion was all was all painted out and little Sixto was there 
painting painting it up i saw vanessa thane asked vanessa like how, how it went and she's like it went so good they had such a good turnout for the mural it was an excellent turnout the yeah. photos were unreal i was expecting turnouts and then there was like it was exceptional <laughs> exceptional turnout now are you working with uh students from youth impact yes or was yeah. that initial or is that throughout what's the arrangement you have with them um it, it it began when we be, we started on the wall. So they didn't do any of the pre-planning or the uh, uh, um, community engagement. They started when we started on the wall. So they helped us grid the wall. They helped uh, start putting the first paints. We every Tuesday, every um, excuse me, every Thursday, Friday, they come out after school for for three hours and they they help us paint the wall. So 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 how important is that? I mean, I know when I was young, those moments would have been like I would have just eaten that up. But as far as young artists or even non-artists um, having opportunities like that, like what do you does that inspire you? It's 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 super uh, important, I think, for for youth to be invited into these bigger communal projects. I, I think I, well, that's how I learned when I was a when I was a teen. I was fortunate enough to work with a youth arts organization, and I apprenticed under a, a, a muralist, uh, Joe Stevenson. And that's how I learned to, to paint big, and um, and I've continued to do that. All my mural, most of my mural projects are with youth because I it not only um, gives the next generation a, a, a heads up of like this is a possibility, like you can you can do this, like this is not a an un, unreachable task. These are the, these are the tools and techniques to do it, that, and uh, you can do it yourself. Um, and it shows them that you know this is this is work this is a job you can be an artist and, and make a living as well and that's how i learned and uh, and it's and it's it's also giving the youth um something in their community that's made by them something they can see every day that they walk past and say ah i participated or i created that it's i think it's it's uh, it's impactful for youth uh your your situation you had a mentor joe what's joe's last name joe stevenson joe stevenson i have to look up joe stevenson is he still working Oh, he's still painting there in Albuquerque. Oh, I got to check out his yeah. work. And so how old were you at that point? Ooh, I was a teen. I was probably like 16 years old. So 16 years old. And so what were you doing at that point? You said you were working a little bit smaller. And sometimes that's the big step of just trying to envision even larger canvases. But And this obviously canvas, like a wall, is, right. is even bigger than that. But mentally, there's sometimes that block of getting mm -hmm. from small to big, right? And right. so so what were you what were you painting on before that? Are you were you a sketchbook person? Were you were you finding walls that you shouldn't have been painting on? Were you no, it, it was uh, it was just small sketchbooks. It was just small drawings. I'd always been drawing since I was small. I always had a bunch of sketchbooks. Eventually, in high school, I started dabbling on on canvas in art class, but uh, it wasn't until I got uh, when I started working with um, Working Classroom, the name of the organization that that, that works with youth. That's when I um first dabbled on painting on something large scale or on a wall for that matter so it, it had a huge impact was that daunting the idea of that or were you excited about the opportunity or what was your first reaction kind of being part of a big piece it's exciting it's exciting that to not only be a part of something grand in scale but just to to cons constantly see it in the neighborhood like you drive you drive passed on your way to wherever and you say oh it's still there like after all these years I, the, yeah. this this public work is, is still 
is still vibrant and it's still having an impact, it's still beautifying the city. It's, uh, it makes you feel proud. This makes me think of something. So Brandon and I are both on Ogden City's Arts Advisory Committee. And Brandon feels very strong about never decommissioning any public work ever, mm -hmm. right? Um, just, just so keep. There's a caveat just, to that, but yeah, until it just literally just kind of falls. But the murals, I'm, I say, leave in place forever. And Todd, Todd disagrees. Well, I think that there's a there's a time and a place where it just the the upkeep should mural. be yeah. should be a, a, either part of the initial conversation with the artist, or there should be some sort of exit plan. Mm -hmm. Or in the case of this situation. Some decision making, you know, sometimes has to be made by a group like ours. And so, what what are your thoughts on sort of that ephemeral nature of of murals or public art in general? You know, that's we're getting deep you, now. You might <laughs> this might be a <laughs> this might be a bigger conversation. That I don't know if I'm prepared to have. Like, if we're talking about like public art, should it be should it come down? Like, are it's controversial figures? Or if we're just talking about does 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 the mural have it has it outlasted its time? I think it could be a couple of those. Yes, okay. and so that's my my thought would be a weather. We we live in a, a very dynamic weather. <laughs> you know, right. it's very very hot or wet or so. Sometimes that does enter into the conversation. It's right. just the sheer, you know, the fades away, chips away, like that sort of type of situation, or. If, Art that you know maybe has outlasted its its time. The message has sort of evolved or changed. Yeah, so I don't think people under uh, realize, or even muralists sometimes they don't even think of their art as being their murals as being ephemeral. But they are. They're ephemeral. You paint on a building, the building chain's owners. That mural could be gone. You know. Um, it's out in the public, so anyone can can look at it, but also anyone could touch it and 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 demolish it if they want to. That's also true. Disface it, you know. Um, and like you said, with the weather, of course, you can't stop from the the paint chipping off. You can't stop from the the sun eating the colors away. These are ephemeral works; they're not going to last forever, especially if they're outdoors. Um, um, there can be restorations. There can be if if the, the murals super important to the community. I I I I wholeheartedly support them. Um, you know, either asking the the muralist to come back and 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 revive the the, the mural that's decaying, or or to have someone else maybe um, re revamp it. Uh, and and I guess I've seen in 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 my experience. Once a mural, like you're saying, maybe it's un, it's outlasted its time. Maybe it's faded, and maybe people don't recognize it anymore. Maybe the the walls crumbling. Maybe it's maybe it's. Uh, uh, I I've seen newer generation of muralists ask the previous artist, the previous muralist, to say, "Hey, uh, can I have this wall?" Like as out of respect, like you know. The, can I have the, this wall? That's yeah, great. Yeah, you know. Uh, your your mural was great for its time. It's 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 no longer there anymore. If if you don't want to revive it, can I have the wall and, and make something new? So I I've seen that happen, and then I've seen the other uh, the other dark side. Uh, now this is the perfect example of, of what we're talking about in Santa Fe in, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. There is a old Chicano mural uh, in in the heart of Santa Fe in the museum district in the old town and the new contemporary art wing of the new mexican museum of art is gonna is is 
And if it hasn't already happened, it's happening. They're destroying this mural because they need a new art wing for the contemporary art of New Mexico. Because they so they they want to they want to destroy this old. And the, the the mural is still good. It's not it's not falling apart or anything. It's still there, but they want to destroy it to 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 bring culture to New Mexico. They want to destroy something. Well, that, that's interesting, and that's I mean, it's worse if the mural itself was still in good shape. That's one thing. But my that was my argument was there's a reason somebody there's a reason you're painting what you're painting out here today mm -hmm. in 2023 mm -hmm. and then 30 years from now when it's faded and cracked and stuff and and we look at it and someone wants to repaint it are we going to lose those reasons that you painted what you painted yeah we take we got pictures we have ways to to look back on it but but it's gone from the public eye and once we cover it up it's gone right. so whatever intentions you had behind what you're doing today in 20, 30 years from now, will we remember those or do we just cover them up and move and move on? Well, that's the question, right? Are, some of these, these murals are time capsules and yeah. they're, and they're talking about what was happening at that time at that place. So the mural we're creating right now is talking about the, the destruction of our environment and what's happening right now with, with the lake. And, um, 30 years from now hopefully hopefully something has been done to, uh, about this this uh, environmental disaster that's happening here in the salt lake and maybe the the mural doesn't make sense anymore because it's it, it's it's revived maybe we don't need to talk about maybe the mural is the reason it's revived <laughs> <laughs> but but like you're saying yeah. you know the 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 mural doesn't make sense anymore because right. the, the, the the lake has revived there's no more catastrophe happening so maybe the content is irrelevant and maybe there should be a new a new design mm. a new mural it's or like you said it's a nice flashback to how did we get this and we don't repeat it yes yeah right? and right. so well there's a lesson there that's i hate repeating or i hate deleting lessons mm -hmm. yeah yeah because yeah. it's especially it's easy in the environment that we have here in utah is that some of this will probably to some degree a little cyclical right like meaning that let's hope we have like this amazing year where we have all this moisture mm -hmm. Hopefully that moisture ends up in a, in a better place, like in, in a lake or in a river or somewhere, you know. And then, heaven forbid, we have another drought and it sort of, you know, kind of- Which will happen. Itself. So it's just, I think it's more about water management. This is a different subject <laughs> that we in Utah could probably talk about forever. But I'm glad you're bringing into the mural the itself yeah. here, which is, which, is, which is great. So how did you find out about what we're, what we're doing here in Utah with this Great Salt Lake and-, and enough to incorporate it into the mural that you're putting on the monarch building well again it's it's about community community engagement mm -hmm. um not only have, have people left post-it notes about you know the mountains the lake the environment but i went out and, and saw for myself i went to uh, antelope lake mm -hmm. and saw the receding shores like oh it's, it's like dramatic it's dramatic how much has, has has been lost already and uh and then I, I'm constantly listening to NPR, and so I'm always interested in listening to local news. So, on NPR and the local Utah news, always talking about the environmental impact. There was a lot of different segments they were talking about what's happening and how devastating it is to, um, you know, to the whole region around the Salt Lake. Like you were explaining earlier, it's it's a bowl surrounded by mountains, and all of that toxic air that all that pollution is just sitting there it can't escape yeah and even outside of those outside of those reasons even if you just look at a sheer like we rely on 
the Great Salt Lake for this amazing snow that we have mm-hmm. for to ski in each year, right? And so that, that this lake effect snow, right? We kind of hear about and this powder that we have. You know, it's very unique, and so that would theoretically change that dynamic, and that trickles into a whole other sort of industry, you know, as well. And so it's no, it's definitely significant. And so you you hit on that in those initial discussions, I'm guessing. Well, I, I'd love to research the places where I'm going to be. I, I I love history. I'm, I'm I'm all my work is is either it's both. It's two things. Two things are constant in my work. It's history and politics. And and whenever I go to new places to do new projects, I'm constantly reading or listening and 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 researching the the local history. What's here? What's ha- what was here? Uh, it's super important to know your history. If you don't know your history, you can't understand the present. And from then, you can't you can't move forward. We love history. I love history, too. Yeah. And it definitely finds a place in the work that you do. Um, and so when you're not doing murals, um, what's your jam? So you do illustrations. You have a cartoon that you do as a somewhat regularly. How's that released? Uh, El Machete Illustrated is my uh, political cartoon series that I try to release often now with a two-year-old like, two it gets less and less and less but i i, I used to do a, a weekly you know you might he might give you some some content here well <laughs> i've know. actually started a new series called tales from the crib which <laughs> yeah. talks about all the nightmares that i'm having with <laughs> no i shouldn't say nightmares but I, they're true uh, stories of horror of having a child true though i mean it there it's love and horror all of the, all wrapped in a nice little bow yeah you. yeah oh that's no he's so very inspiring that's for sure that's funny and so um, when i'm not doing political cartoons yeah. I'm, I'm also printmaking yes. i'm also um um making sculptures and installations we're gonna i'm also collaborating with uh with game makers like in the new exhibition we're gonna have we're gonna be introducing two new video games that i've been Collaborating with um, uh, Rafael Fajardo out of uh, Denver and um, Plugged In Studio out of Chicago, who who are both game designers who make socially conscious video games. So we're going to debut those in the in the gallery space as well. Um, and then when I'm not doing that, I'm, I'm teaching. I, I I think that's where I uh, that's the other half of, of of my practice because all my art eventually is 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 to uh, bring dialogue and to bring awareness of what is happening or what has happened. So even even the things that I'm creating, the objects I'm creating, they're teaching tools. So if I'm not in the classroom blabbing at, a, at, at students, then I'm, I'm making the tools to be blabbed at by, with, by the teachers or so, other people, right? What, do you, what are the classes you teach? Oh, different things. I, I, I've taught for a long time at the National Museum of Mexican Art there in Chicago. Oh, wow. Uh, in the education department, and they would send me off to do workshops about uh, Mexican and Chicano history and um, art workshops, painting murals or creating mosaics, uh, di- all kinds of different things. Printmaking. Printmaking, yeah. And so um, did you know, did you have a sense, when did, because I'm, I'm trying to think of sort of even my own trajectory, you know, doing art and and I, my brother went in the direction of pretty quickly that he wanted to, to teach, right? So he lives on the East Coast and he teaches. And and I didn't want to necessarily do that, right? I didn't see myself necessarily in that path. And then, of course, I ended up working in a university and, and teaching some classes and stuff. But did you know you wanted to teach at a younger age? Is no. that something that came later? No, I, I'd never had the idea <laughs> that I would I would be teaching or be a, a teacher. 
um, I, when I when I graduated from school, I I had this crazy idea, this idealistic idea that I would be in the studio making art. Hundred <laughs> percent, all the time, and getting paid for it, yeah. <laughs> which is a, is an absurd kind of idea. If you think about it, so, all the student loans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, um, so I, I luckily enough, I, I, had, I was very fortunate. I, I got a job in the education department at the National Museum of Mexican Art after I graduated, and I, I jumped right in. I just, I, I that's that's how I. Um, fell into to being a teacher, a, a teaching artist, and 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 I finally came to the conclusion. I finally came to the realization that I've always been teaching, but in a, in a different format, maybe through my objects. Um, but I understood that the main purpose of those objects were for teaching. They're 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 the tools again. So I think it it, it finally had the I finally had the realization through working within that museum. And I and I finally felt comfortable, and I finally was was able to learn so much by all the teaching artists that were working there that I happened to be with, which were were tremendous educators, and showed me uh, so much. I, I owe a lot to them for 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 giving me those experiences. I read that you have sort of a, a sense of balance right right now. At least you you put off this vibe uh, between family and work and teaching and home. And I also know from the little bits that you know you and I have chatted about that you and your family are a little bit of a gypsy as well and so <laughs> that that is like a that, that's a structure that not everybody can relate and like yeah all right could could really do for as long as you've necessarily been able to do it mm -hmm. because not so long ago you had a year long residency is that right right and that was in in Roswell New Mexico Roswell New Mexico rad how cool is yeah. that that's uh, that's was it cool or it was Roswell. It yeah, was, it was it was great. the town is is super. It's about um, maybe similar size to Ogden, but Ogden has much more going on. Much more going on. Oh, yeah. First, well, we can't talk about the stuff going on in Roswell. <laughs> well, it's top secret, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's hush hush. It's so secret that it's boring there. <laughs> the res for for everyone back in. The rare in Roswell. We have a huge Roswell audience. I Careful guarantee you, they just don't talk about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the residency there. No, this is. I'm. I'm not kidding about this. The residency was was unbelievable. It's a year long residency. That they, alone they, is awesome. They put you up for a year. Yeah. They give you a house with a giant, oh, wow. big ass studio attached to it. Um, it's its own little compound on the outskirts of the of the town. So so it's basically a little compound of artists of like six houses that are together, and uh, they give you a stipend. Uh, they let you bring your families, which is super rare. There's not many residencies that let you bring a whole family. Like this one. Yeah, yeah. Much. When I found out Vanessa was that was, you know, part of her play and yeah. obviously she has a family and and it was just important to her that that was an option. I think that that's amazing. Yeah. So I didn't have to leave my family yeah. for a year. You know, they came with me. So it was a tremendous opportunity. And then they give you a, a, a solo show at the end and, and then... Uh, they they promote your work uh, tremendously, so it, it was a tremendous year long experience. And then you get you get to say you lived in Roswell for a year, right? The home of of the nineteen forty seven crash landing. Yes, of, of Area fifty one, right? all that good stuff. <laughs> you can check that off your the, the bucket list. <laughs> Any weird vibes? Did you? We were like, yeah, I could tell. I see why they talk about this place. This is a true story. 
the first weeks we were there. I like you clarified for the first time in our conversation <laughs> that this part right now is the true story. <laughs> Everything else was we were just so picking yes, it up. Yes. Yeah. You guys all, pick and all choose all over the last <laughs> half hour. So, yeah, that's funny. We were there like the second week. Larry Bob Phillips is the director there. And he goes, he texts everyone's on a, everyone on the compound's on a text thread. He's all, I just love that he's got three first names. <laughs> Larry Bob Phillips. Yeah. He, yeah. Larry Bob Phillips. He's a great guy. He, he texts everyone. He says, the what does he say? The western sky. Look up and look up, look up in the western sky. Five o'clock, and everyone comes out of their houses, and everyone looks up, and there's a silver orb floating in the sky. What? And it and it wasn't moving or anything. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like in outer space. It was like right below the clouds. It was right like for right, real. Right towards like uh, dusk. Yeah. And we were like, what is that? What is that? That that is unreal. What is like a silver orb in the sky? Yeah, this is right when I would be saying nope, nope. <laughs> this movie, nope. But that was the response. Nope. <laughs> Did you see that? By the way, yeah, that was trippy. Did you really? Yeah, it was pretty trippy. Okay. But what? What? You can't tease us. What? What else? The what next day. The next yeah. day in the Roswell Recorder in the Roswell. I don't know whether the, the newspaper. The Roswell, Roswell newspaper. newspaper. Not aliens. <laughs> <laughs> That's the headline. Uh, weather balloon. Oh, yeah, everything's a weather balloon. They've damn been it. using the I damn know. weather balloon. I know. Answer, I know. Uh, answer for the past. Like how what, much do we need to know years. about? I mean, <laughs> like the Air Force doesn't have no modern technology. They have to use a balloon. They have drones now. They have un unpiloted uh, aircraft yeah. using balloons. Too. Yeah. Plus, I feel like you would recognize a balloon. Like I, <laughs> uh, even though the balloons are enormous, it's and these now weather a weather are, orb. Weather orbs. Yeah. Yes, you call yeah. them what you will. Yeah. I'm so glad you had that experience. But we have to collect all this data on weather because we can't go outside and just like, yeah, it's a little cold out or whatever. <laughs> There's satellites now. There's other ways yeah, to yeah. get that's, this information. I'm glad you had that experience. Is uh, is there a vibe of aliens still popular? I remember this was... Oh, I mean, yeah. this is the, the whole town is consumed by the, the, the tourism of aliens. So well, how did you work it into your art down there? Well, because there was there was so much aliens in the in the aura of the atmosphere of, of Rosma, I had to create, literally, yeah. uh, literally, yeah. <laughs> I had to create work about aliens. But I was I was going to take the idea with a twist. We're going to use that official term, but the official uh, our official uh, immigration system uses the term alien, right? But what if we mm. put that term back in 1492? Then we can say that Christopher Columbus is an alien. Then we can say that there was alien abductions. Mm. There, there was an alien invasion. Uh, so that's the twist that I was taking with this term. I was, I was investigating historical, real life aliens. Yeah. And like, like Hernan Cortez and uh, yeah, every, Kit every, Carson. You know, all these guys that are not from here. They're, they're aliens to this reconquistador. Is that the right word? Yeah, it was every, a illegal alien essentially. The pilgrims. You know, they're they're all aliens. They're all aliens. And even the terms that they were using at that time, that we are from the old world versus the new world. Like if they're separate planets or something, right? So there's 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 this sci-fi element within this uh, uh, within colonialism that talks about discovery. Uh, the okay, wait, this is a good question. Should, should we ask it? Should we be excited about that change? So aliens come from outer space mm -hmm. to actually invade the U.S. Is this a good change or does it lead to inevitable problems? Sa same as the old world, old world conquistadors discovering new worlds. Mm -hmm. is, that, is it good or bad? 
Well, if we look historically, it's all, <laughs> it's always been bad. You know, the 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 people with the advanced technology come to a to a to another world. If to, they would to to consume and, their... and probe, then I would say that's a bad. <laughs> that's good, right? <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what trailer you live in. Yeah, oh. exactly. oh. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh. I think historically, probably more on the on the. I was just curious, just throwing it out there. As a, as a, I mean, that's a debate. It's a question that's beyond this podcast. Now, as but. somebody who is a fan, not obsessed, but a fan of sci-fi, fantasy, all that type of stuff, like there is that idea. I'm still hopeful of this idea of this this benevolent alien right which by the Where way you know what i collectively saw? you know we we put our brains together and well that would be come nice. up with this but i just thing. watched i'm a little behind on my movies uh-huh. okay and pop culture todd knows he's gonna murder me on this <laughs> but i just saw the you fr- see star wars for the first time no yeah a little <laughs> barely ahead of that yeah. transformers the okay. first one so that was it, the only really good decent one was that first was one. the first one okay. and the cartoon in the but 80s. it started the it started and i was like this is really good and they uh, w- and they sold it as that they were aliens right that the that the transform and i was like they're autobots but they're from another because their planet, planet was being destroyed like yes. superman kind yes of that. Yeah, yeah 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 and i'm like all right i'm, bu- I'm, I'm buying what you're selling here and then then i watched it and it was it was and good. they turned into cool cars. Yeah, they, they turned into <laughs> <laughs> Bumblebee was cool, you know, whatever. Yeah. But then half of them were bad. Yeah. Right? But, but they mostly just focused. And then on there was them. Megan Fox, and then game over. <laughs> <laughs> there was that too. Yeah. That was the reminder that Michael Bay didn't make that movie. Michael Bay. Were they dating or something? <laughs> oh, God, no. Oh, like okay. Grandpa. Oh, was it? Grandkid he? age. Okay. <laughs> but then who's the guy? Because the kid was... Super famous. That too. was Shia LaBeouf. Shia, Shia. Yeah. Before he went through his artistic transformation. <laughs> Is that what you call it? Yeah. He, I think he's found himself a couple of times. Since yeah. Then. He might yeah. be in a better place now. But he, he was really young in that first one. Yeah, he was really, really young. That's Speak, funny you saw Speaking that of Space Invaders, so this is how we get to... But that's the idea that I have, particularly with like a Star Trek, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's this is the idea of this, you know, the, like the e- galaxies e- 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 come together. E.T., and e- obviously e- we weren't yeah. really good to him. Uh, they're they're you we know, kind of assholes to ET, huh? Yeah, we yeah. Were yeah. So that's historically that could happen yeah. as well. Yeah, that's a good observation. But that comes back to your love, your passion for history, and finding new ways of looking at situations that are around you. Right. So let's let's uh, investigate historically about aliens, and you know it's it's very ironic and hypocritical right now where there is this. Um, this attitude that we're we want we're seeing people cross the 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 Mexico United States border, and they're speaking indigenous languages. They're not just speaking Spanish. And then we're calling these people aliens. Like who are we to call these people aliens? These are people from the Americas. I just think it's 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 very absurd. My best friend April's uh, sister just got back from a uh, weekend. My sister April. Yeah. Uh, got back from a week in Oaxaca. She was down in Oaxaca for a week. and uh, Which looked amazing. Yeah, I think she had a really good time. Yeah. Uh, she's a, a bartender, so it was a mescal kind of trip. Ah. The, so she was able to plant and, you know, basically learn the process, you know, in the traditional sense. She roped wild mezcal. What is the, <laughs> <laughs> that, the... The whole other story. Yeah. But she did, um, she was just telling me just the other day that, that there was... And I could have been the owners of this this mezcal um, operation. We're speaking the, and I'm so bad I couldn't remember the name that she was speaking. But essentially, another dying language. 
you know, and the idea of dying languages or, or I, I, I guess dead languages Which, where are was very she? fascinating to where me. Was, That's is very that state in the middle, in the middle or Southern part of Mexico? Where is that? Where she was? Oaxaca, she was in like the central part. Central, right central, central, yeah. And, the, and so that particular, just enlighten me, area has a dying language? Is that? Well, there's so many different indigenous languages, uh, mm. not only here in the United States, but in Mexico. There's, Spanish may be the dominant, but there's so many indigenous languages that are still mm. spoken. And some are not necessarily dying. They're still very fluent in their, in their, in their indigenous language. Mm. So uh, there, there's just so many. So I just before before we got to close things out because this has been great, but this has gone by really fast. Please hang for another hour. No, yeah, yeah. please, yeah, we'll just hang for another hour. But I want to touch on you're a full time artist, correct? Like you make your living as as an artist, correct? And a teacher, like art and, and a teacher. teacher. So, and you went to school and was step one, and then you became sort of a teacher step two. But then how did you how did you become a full time artist? Eventually, uh, from working at the museum, I started getting more and more gigs, and I started getting different residencies, and I couldn't. So if you're listening, residencies is a good. That's a, a good, good step. step. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if people don't know what the residency is, a residency is a specific time and place where they support you as an artist to, to, to do your work. And um, I, ha I got a residency. Um, uh, during the same time I was working full-time at, at the National Museum of Mexican Art, and I couldn't do both at once. So I, I asked my supervisor, I said, I want to go part-time. I, I, I can't do full-time anymore. I want to spend more time making. Because prior to that, I would work a full-time gig at the museum, then I would go home and stay up till 1 o'clock in the studio trying to make my art. So I was, I was juggling... This is the artist's life right here. I was juggling yeah. two things, trying to make money and, and you know doing something I love there in the education department, but also doing something else I loved off hours that I needed and I felt that I needed to, uh, to uh, pursue and, and, and still continue. So when I, when I reached a point where I, I, the, the, the studio time became more uh, important to me or, or, or more um, involved, I had to cut down on, on the museum teaching time. And I eventually, from part-time, I eventually said I, I, I don't have any more capacity and i need to put all my time but in you studio. had saved so much from your the enormous amount of money you were making as a teacher that this was an easy <laughs> transition correct no it's a it's a very scary transition yeah. it's a very scary transition that that you're gonna start doing art just just as your main source of income and if you if you talk to Amanda, she you know it, it's it's scary for the whole family to 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 be that transition, and that puts a lot of pressure on your partner too because she's she's now the breadwinner, mm -hmm. or the main source of of the constant or, or continuous flow of income versus me. You know it comes in flows. Mm -hmm. Um, so so, and at that point, and that's been, I guess, four or five years now that I've done the the studio strictly as as an income and then and then teaching gigs in between i'm always teaching gigs small small little uh, stints in between going to lecturing at different institutions um so I've, I've been able to do it thus far um would you say a sugar mama is a financial plan yes yes exactly okay okay <laughs> 
<laughs> I just—it's definitely I'm just throwing it out there. It's yeah. support. It's support. But you gotta have the support because if she didn't love you and yeah. support you right. and see you for what you can do and accomplish and and respect that what that your work makes a difference, then it it wouldn't work. Yes, right? exactly. and what you do inspires her every day. Hopefully, yeah. I, I'm speaking for her right now. <laughs> just meaning that that trade is just uh, anyway. It inspires me. The relationship that you two have inspires me. Which, um, which she was supposed to be here today. We talked about. I this know she, she couldn't make it. Here. Yes, but Mandy, yeah. you were missed. You are greatly missed, we're, and uh, miss our conversation you. continues. We miss you. I have to do one quick little shout out. So, Amanda works uh, currently with the group called uh, Springboard for the Arts, right. based out of uh, Minneapolis, right? Uh, Saint Paul. Saint Paul. Sorry about that. And uh, and so. Amongst the amazing things that Springboard for the Arts does is uh, is works with professional development for artists. So, oh, that'd be fascinating to talk to her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it would okay. have been perfect to have her here. And so, with the job that I have done with the Salt Lake City Arts Council, I have some funds that I'm trying to put towards professionalization. Essentially, that exactly what she does. And so that started the conversation with her and uh, just the small world that she happened to be in town. Right. And uh, and so I'm actually developing. Fingers crossed, you know, maybe some sort of. Uh, so, Eric, does she give you, you know, pro tips? You know, so, so that I was just going to mention this. Yeah. It's not only yeah. having a sugar mama, but it's also having an intellect, intellectually, intellectually sophisticated, uh, um, um, a very astute person with capabilities of writing and and uh, numbers and oh, <laughs> and all of that. Yeah, you know, baked into to to a, to a partner for an artist, right? Yeah. Oh, how choose I, your how partner do I, how wisely. Do I, how do I? <laughs> <laughs> I hate writing. I can't write. My primary and grants are writing and artist statements. Artist statements. Uh, yeah, uh, bios, uh, bios, all things of that. that matter. Like people don't realize how much writing and and other things go into being an artist, right? Mm -hmm. You have to do all these. You have to wear all these other hats. So if you have someone else to help you out, you know, to at least run through your your spelling, you know, that's a huge. Mm -hmm. It's a huge. Uh, but this is an angle I hadn't even considered. This is wonderful. Well, yeah, that's so, what I was just thinking. Like, because you're gonna think about this when you're dating. Like, how good of a writer are you? You know, <laughs> these are just maybe some of those questions to ask on that first. You know, you never too, know. Right? So yeah. So I'm working with community art artists really you know and and that's basically the one thing that's sometimes missing is that they, they've got the skill set and they've got the drive there but it's all of these other things you're yeah. talking about right that you just need to learn to make it go at it or you marry into it <laughs> <laughs> this is the answer right there and then through osmosis all this time up all of yeah. it as it is yeah, yeah exactly through that so i have to ask one other question uh because you are arts-based right now exclusively what was the last purely non-art job that you had Oh yeah, good question. So as we get to know you a little bit, that'll <laughs> little insight. Or how how far back do we have to go for that? Oh, the purely non-art. Like you job. can't even somehow put a spin that it's art related on it. <laughs> yeah, did you work? Oh, well, did you work in retail or fast food? I or was anything? a busboy during high school. Yeah, uh, I went to the military. That's I don't think that's very art related. Yeah, because you worked with veterans. Yeah, veterans. Yeah. I didn't even talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I did a four and a half year stint in the in the Air Force, and uh, I had Uncle Sam pay for my uh, undergrad. That's really nice of him. Very and nice. <laughs> that was a nice trade as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I I'd say that would apply. That would that would answer that question yeah. entirely. Yeah. So what do we got to look forward to for the opening of your show, which is 
I don't want to say just May, around the corner. May fifth. It's in. Yeah, a, it's, it's pretty in close. A, it's in a week. <laughs> just so you know, we're gonna have a big concert out here. <laughs> In celebration. In celebration of the, of the mural. Of the un, yeah. unfinished mural. Of the, the, oh, it'll be finished. It'll have a little snow on it. Still, right. I think. <laughs> so it's going to be a jam-packed night because they're going to have two unveilings, right? You're going to have the unveiling yeah. of the mural. We're also going to have you guys there live. With yes, the, the music will be celebrating right? the, the art. Yes, for sure. And then in the gallery space, we're going to have the exhibition dealing with these uh, alien themes as well. That's the work that we're mostly. Oh, I love it. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Are you using all the space? All of it. We're going to have two giant projections of the the two video games. Yes. You're going to play um, um, Space Invaders that's been redesigned for colonial. uh, colonial icons have been in place in, in, in place of the arcade classic aliens. And then the other side, we're going to have a uh, video game that deals with um, veterans coming home. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a reaction to, towards the first person shooter game that glorifies war. Well, what happens when veterans actually come back from war? How do they navigate life? So it, we're going to see how that too thoughtful video that's games. a whole other story yeah now when artists develop uh apps like this or games like this do they ever get out of uh, out of the gallery yeah so the one that's the that plugged in designed about the veteran experience is specifically made for uh educators or, or whoever to download and for them to play oh, and be great. educated about about what it means to to be in the military and what it means to to have to come back and, and deal with very uh, tragic issues. Uh, Man, the irony in that is I, I have a, a brother-in-law who is, uh, Top Gun was famous, and so he's the, he's the backseat driver, so he'd have been Goose in the original, so he's right. like so in the Navy, right? And and I said, I'm like, oh my God, he's, he's a crazy kid. I said, how the hell did you even get this job, right? And he said, video game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Video game. Like, he's a hell of a good gamer. And, and so he's the weapons guy. So he can do, push all the buttons and do all the things. And The military is heavily invested in uh, gaming right now. Like, like Call of Duty. These are, these are sponsored by the United States Army. And all these, yeah, these, these yeah. new, con- so there's gaming contests where, where, where teens go and they play against each other for like big time money. They're sponsored by the military. There's these are these recruiters. Recruiters, recruiters, recruiters are, are yeah. itching or biting their teeth to, to talk to these these young youth because you know what you know how to play this video game. Well, let's just put you in the drone pilot seat here, and you could fly a, a, a drone and bomb Afghanistan from from the other side of the world. I'm my, telling my you, kids, son, if you have any questions out there, just see all the '80s movies. This is the last Starfighter. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> oh, remembers true, this movie, the last Starfighter. True, that's an amazing movie. This was yeah, 1985, 84, yeah, yeah. something like that. Which that was that was the arcade Go- Go- Goose. What's his name? Oh, who was the star in that? I don't remember that actor. That's that's something I don't know off the top of my head. But I'll tell you what, that is exactly what that up. was. Yeah, but that was also early early video games. So, so my interesting. my son is really into watching the YouTube videos of people playing Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> That's wild. We don't have it yet. Mm-hmm. He's not playing it yet, but he's watching the YouTube videos of people playing Grand Theft Auto. I can't wait to see what he does when he grows up. <laughs> Did Grand Theft ever clean up its actors? It's still just awful. So as far as I can tell on the YouTube videos, you just walk in and steal cars. 
Birds is a great idea. This is well. That is that how you get your no problem. That's how you get your car. That's good. Yeah, Yeah. and this is and he's really into it. And I'm like, this is I don't know where this is going. You throw people out of your car. You can stop and beat the last Starfighter. Is that what that was? The last Starfighter. That was one of my favorites. In fact, I wonder if they ever remade that. I don't. 1984. 84. Head of the curve. Not sponsored by the military. Probably at that point, unless you dig a little deeper. Right. Yeah. Which is what you do. That's what you got to do. You got to sort of find that information just under the surface. Uh, Alex Rogan conquers the That's the name of the character. Oh, that was the name of the character. Okay. Yeah. Director was Nick Castle. Where do I find? What's that actor's name? Lance Guest. Boy, top top cast, by the way. Lance Guest. I don't remember what they did after. Kay Cooter, Dan Hurley, Barbara Boston. I don't know any of these. None of these people. Vernon Washington. Robert Preston, Dan Mason, Catherine Mary Stewart. She was a big deal for a while. Catherine Mary Stewart, you know. Okay. Um, everybody, I, I don't know any of these people. Let's see what else. Well, anyway, that's one of our movie suggestions for this episode is The Last Starfighter or any of the other ones that we mentioned. She, Catherine Mary Stewart was in Transformers Rise of the Beasts, Peter Pan and Wendy. Oh. She's in a lot of stuff. I'll have to look her up. Well, we've taken okay. too much of your time. Thank you so much for finding time for us. Uh, Ogden has been super lucky to have you. Uh, we're super lucky to have you on the show. I cannot wait till May 5th. 5th. May 5th. Next Friday. <laughs> yeah. I leave the next day on Check the 6th. Where are you going? I'm going to go to an uh, American or Arts Curators Conference in New York. Oh, that's right. That's for right. about four days. And then... Uh, and then I'm going to take the train down and visit my dude. That's so bougie. That is so. How much wine are you going to drink? This train. Uh, this is probably more of like a. This is Amtrak. This is uh, this is. A oh, I meant like the convention. Oh, that might be bougie. Yeah. We'll have to see. Okay. Yeah, this will be my first sort of with that conference group. Yeah. Um, and then visit the niece that lives in, uh, in outside of Baltimore. So. Which is cool. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. But I'm happy that everything is the day before, so I'll catch it. Is, is that your arts news, by the way? Yes, I will be uh, out in town on May 6th, which is a Saturday through a Sunday. Um, will I make note of the whole thing? Probably. Yeah. Something will come up and you can look it up. I think my arts news is all of this pop culture that we've peppered yeah, throughout this true, show. It's true. I've enjoyed every second of it. My adventure news, I, got, I have none, although um, I did run sound for the Celtic Beat Celebration at the Ogden Nature Center this last Saturday. And that was so much fun. The girls, it even rained like a little bit on the dancers while it was raining. And then we have some some chalk or rosin on the on the wood, you know. And they dip their their shoes onto the rosin first before Make they for go a good out shot. there. Make for well, I wish. So uh, I was running audio. I couldn't take any uh, photos. Yeah, so yeah, I was I was running audio. But it was probably the biggest. It was the biggest crowd we have ever seen there at the Ogden Nature Center for Earth Days, celebrating Earth Days, gathered around the Celtic Beat dancers. It was a lot of fun. So my daughter's one of the Celtic Beat dancers. Those girls work really hard year-round, and they only perform a couple times a year. So if you get a chance to see them, Earth Days is one of the opportunities to see that. Uh, And those who were there were excited, and they got good applause, and the girls, I mean, the more the bigger the crowd, the more engaged, the, the better the girls dance, and so it was a lot of fun. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Ogden Nature Center that's another one of our what a great place! That's a yeah. really good operation. Yeah, I'm glad good. you made it. It was good. Okay, anything else you good, Todd? 
I am good. Let's yeah. go. I'll close this out. Thanks to Banyan One. That's this 1960 Aristocrat Studio right here. Trailer. Vintage. Vintage. Yeah, let's trailer. That vintage, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looks like we're outside we're camping. We're not. We're in, we're inside the Monarch building right now. Uh, by the way, mention this podcast and save on booking. So you could book a corporate event here during the week, or this is unique, I'm assuming unique to Ogden and in Utah in particular. But if you book a wedding here on Sundays, you get a free mimosa bar. Ah. What? What? Is that here? Here at the Monarch. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you book a wedding, if you book a wedding, because you know, weddings on Sundays are. eh. Yeah. So if you book a wedding here at the Monarch, you get a free mimosa bar. They just throw it in. Oh. Tell them you heard that on the podcast and make sure they do it. But it's true. They actually they actually do it. So <laughs> listen and subscribe to Ogden Arts and Adventure on YouTube. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, thebandycollective.com. That's the blog with all the links and everything. Um, <clears throat> Eric, where can we see your work? Ericjgarcia.com. Okay. Or on Instagram, you could look up El Machete Illustrated. Spell that. E-L-M-A-C-H- E T E I L L U S T R A D E D. That was pretty good, though. That was pretty good. You asked someone who can spell. How to spell? Remember that she would spell that for you. You can't. You have to. You have to edit that. No, that's fantastic. I told you before the show, everything stays in because we screw up all the time. Well, I think you saw that. Listen, if you want to be on the show, we do have an Instagram. DM us on Instagram at Ogden Adventure. We will leave you this uh, podcast with our outdoor jukebox from a van sessions or recent van sessions that we have. We're releasing this week all of the Love Juliet van sessions. This is Forever Summer. This is the first track we released from her set and we will see you on the next Ogden Arts and Adventure show. Thank you guys. song called Forever Summer. My eyes in the sky They're one and the same They both cry and cry My tears in the rains I flood in these empty streets in vain I stay at a cafe to watch the storm go by Inside I wait At a table for two Will the sky ever blue again? Oh, I wanna feel the sunshine on my skin Gonna let it in Oh, I with the clouds but I drowned as the rains came flooding in blue sky will you come again soon sunshine I'm missing you sunshine I'm missing you my heart and the sea one and the same, they're both so deep My ark got swept away But I know that Venice didn't sink in a day I stay at a cafe to watch the storm go by Each night I pray At the altar for you, will the sky ever blue again? 
tell me when Cause I wanna feel the sunshine on my skin Gonna let it in, oh I Split the clouds but I drowned As the rains came flooding in Blue sky, will you come again soon? Oh sunshine, I've been missing you Sunshine, I'm missing you Put on my Daisy Dukes Crop top bathing suit I heard it on the news They said you're coming through Ring on my toe, no shoes Popsicle cherry blue And it tastes like June Oh, it tastes like you I tried to dance in the rain It wasn't the same Took lemons and I made lemonade I'll drink it while I wait At a cafe to watch the storm go by Inside I stay I hope and I'll pray someday we'll meet again Old friend, cause I Wanna feel the sunshine on my skin Gonna let it in, oh I Split the clouds but I drowned As the rains came flooding in Blue sky, will you come again soon? Oh sunshine, I've been missing you Sunshine, I'm missing you yeah.